Tonight on Rogue Padron, Space Improv, Angsty Backstory, that's Demolition's Boy Sir, and Bowling for TIE Fighters. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader, all wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. lovely listeners thank you for tuning back in with us even though we're a week late and in case or are we a week early we're a, week... <laughs> a, a padron is never late mr baggins <laughs> padron arrives precisely when it needs to well, we're here now but just in case in that horrible week without new Rogue Padron, you forgot who we were. Here's a quick reminder of your hosts. If Heath was a chain store at your local mall, he would be <laughs> yes. and Fitch because I've heard him sing Summer Girls by Elifo oh multiple my God. times night. You have. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and anyone who comes to Celebration can watch me karaoke. It's one of my go-tos. So good. Excellent. Do recommend. Staff Rogue 7 would be that one camera shop that you never see have any customers but still somehow is in business. <laughs> <laughs> I love those shops so much. Oh, yes. I'm their one customer. <laughs> <laughs> but you never go when anybody else can see you. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I make sure I do it in the dead of night so nobody ever knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a good life philosophy in general. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> don't let people see you. <laughs> Danny, Rogue Six would be a Cinnabon because at first you're so excited, but at the end you have some regrets and a stomachache. Oh. <laughs> that that's really real. <laughs> Cinnabons are great. Gonna gonna need I'm to. So excited to go to one one day. Just like I'm excited to meet that. Danny. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need some icing for that burn? I will oh. never forget, like, sitting in middle school health class, my health class teacher being like, did you know that a single Cinnabon has more than your recommended number of calories for your entire day in a single Cinnabon? <laughs> and I was like... Wait, so you just eat Cinnabon and you'll sit. But they're good, so I don't see the problem here. <laughs> right. Right, what's the point? What are you trying to say right now? <laughs> and... <laughs> Go and... on. <laughs> I'm Meg, Rogue Leader. And I, I would meant. be a hot topic because nerdy teens who think they're edgy think I'm cool. No. <laughs> Does that mean I'm nice. a nerdy teen? You are for sure. Nice. Oh, no. <laughs> Was there ever any doubt about that though? Right. Right. <laughs> no, it was a compliment. Oh, okay. That, thank you then, Dan. Nerdy teens are the best kind of teen. They are. They are great. Actually, yeah. yeah, all the teens out there, they are. Yeah, of all the teen stereotypes, nerdy is the one you want to go with. <laughs> anyway, speaking of that, I have a question about um, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Yeah. Why well, really giving up on those transitions? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of that. Just, just want to keep things moving along. Yep, yep. Speaking of. Which has clearly worked out well for me. Anyway... I'm going to ask the most Danny question possible and say, uh, if we are introduced to any new X-Wing pilots in Episode 8, uh, what alien species would you like to see piloting an X-Wing in Episode 8? That's hard. Mm. I'm going to bypass the stereotypical answer of Ewok. Um, and Really? Go Even with... if it had prosthetic extensions? I mean, obviously I want that, but everybody knows I want that. <laughs> everybody knows I would give a lot for that. To be yeah. It's like your number one wish. <laughs> right? Like, I don't care. I, like, Luke cannot speak the whole movie. Don't care. Give me an Ewok pilot with prosthetic limbs. <laughs> <laughs> I would actually agree with that. That would be a fair trade. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say a Doug 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it took me way too long to figure out what you're talking about. <laughs> I heard D O U G, and I was like, I know that's not what he means. I know there's another I'm, one. <laughs> I'm answering your question, Dan. <laughs> I knew what you were talking about, but I also thought, like, Doug Funny from Doug. I just, I just want a dude named Doug sitting in an X Wing. <laughs> a Doug named Doug. A Doug. A Doug. That's a really good answer, Heath. <clears throat> no, I, I kind of always liked Sebulba. So, I don't know. I'm into it. Yeah, and he'd pilot the X-Wing with his legs. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Can I be stereotypical and just say I really want a Twi'lek? Because there haven't been enough Twi'leks in the new movies. Agreed. Yeah. 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 That's or a Togruta, but I don't know if you could fit. You got one of those, like, kind of weird-looking Twi'lek guys in Rogue that One. Doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> count. I want, a, I want a Twi'lek girl that is Fortuna. A... <laughs> Give me a cute girl. That's all I want. You didn't think cool, Beezer was cute? I mean, ma- no, Danny, I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just not your type. Someone oh. thought they were cute. Yeah, not my type. So rude. <laughs> Whew. Well, on those lovely, I guess, notes. <laughs> jump in to chapters 13 through 16 of Wraith Squadron. So the Wraiths arrive at their next stop, VMR 4. Pause. Wedge and Phelan... <laughs> what? I'm what? so rude. Um, <laughs> can you remind me, so when it's got when it's a number, one, one means a moon and one means a planet, when it's a number or a Roman numeral, and I always forget which is which. No, is it? I thought it was just, it's a Roman numeral when they're not speaking Wait. it, and then number when they are wait uh-huh. what i did not know either of those things so i cannot make a decision because isn't wait, yavin is it four isn't it an, isn't it an iv because it's a moon it's like a moon on the planet of yavin it's the fourth moon i've only seen like the tantive four and that's a spaceship hmm I'm pretty, I don't know if it's actually like a thing in like Star Wars canon, but I'm pretty sure like writing wise, when you're writing it in description, if its name is a Roman numeral, then you use the Roman numeral. But if they're in dialogue, then they use the number because that's just how it works. Uh, no one think. says IV. Yeah. yeah. And if they do, they get kicked out of the cantina. <laughs> but being a nerd. Yes, I'm from <laughs> Yavin IV. Boo, get out, loser. Get out of here. Boo, nerd. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. I'm sure right. I'm sure our listeners will let us know. Someone will. Yeah. They're they're on the ball like that. Yeah. So Wedge and Failing go out for a flyby of the planet to shake him up. The other race are ordered to do sim training for the TIE Fighters, as there will definitely be TIE missions in their futures. Upon departure, both Phelan and Wedge are annoyed by the ties, especially by their lack of, you know, windows, shields, ejection seats. <laughs> but for the Empire, the ties and their pilots are really just another expendable resource. So, again, the Empire is bad. So this might be yep. kind of racist of me, but... Oh, no. Damn it, no. That's always a good way to start <laughs> off a sentence. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not here, racist, here we go. <laughs> How how different from X-Wings can TIE Fighters actually be? Like, aren't all ships I... the same, basically, <laughs> when it comes down to it? Well, TIE Fighters... You really oversold the racism there, Danny. <laughs> okay, Danny, 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 look at it this way. Try and fly a helicopter, and then try and fly a plane, and they're probably different. Right now? Yes. Like right now, yeah. Okay. Now. Do it right now. <laughs> so is the TIE Fighter the plane or the helicopter? The plane. No, the helicopter helicopter either it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) i mean things can be what they want things can be two things yeah (laughs) it's space things can be what they want (laughs) (laughs) do what you want you want to be a tie fighter you can be a tie fighter it's beautiful uh i don't think that's what danny was talking about I don't think I answered any questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I know the difference between Roman numerals and, and regular numbers thanks to you. So, Woo. Okay, but seriously, would you rather pilot a, an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter? Like, which one do you think? An X-Wing. They have shields. It's an X-Wing. The TIE Fighters don't have shields? 
No, well, they don't. Blow no. up. Yeah. Did you yeah. did you not just listen to what I said yeah, about gonna... how <laughs> about how upon departure both Phelan and Wedge are annoyed by the ties, especially by their lack of windows, shields, and ejection. You mean this right here in the show notes? <laughs> oh wow, it's right there. They also wow. have paper drives. Okay, I'm sorry that I'm trying to have conversations on our podcast. I'll just stop talking now. No, that was so good. <laughs> Wait, so Danny, Danny, which one would you choose? Oh, I mean, I think I'd choose an X-Wing, but I think that's just because they're the good guys and I'm an X-Wing podcast. Like, I've never really thought about the actual <laughs> logistical differences between flying an X-Wing and a TIE fighter. Fair. Like, Poe gets into the TIE fighter. He's kind of like, whoa, this thing really moves. Like, that sounds kind of fun. I'd like a ship that really moves. <laughs> Wouldn't. It's fair. Yeah. Well, makes everything sound pretty good. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Poe could be like, yeah, jumping into this pit of boiling lava sure was great. I'd be, right? I'd be Darth well, Vader so in it up with him. <laughs> be right in, Poe. Right. Hold on. Let me take my shoes off. <laughs> Very true. Okay. So during their buzzing of VMR4, the Ties are asked to check in with the government. They have to refuse because obviously they're not Imperial soldiers. And two headhunters are sent out to force them to comply. Wedge and Phelan easily outfly them. And thankfully, someone has enough sense to order them back to base before the race get annoyed and vape them. Governor Watesk calls the Night Caller. Neither Desmond nor Wiz can answer the comm, so Face improvises with some choice items out of Cobra's toolkit to mask his features. He answers as Lieutenant Narl, Nar, Narl, like Carol or Narl, who knows, uh-uh. to inform <laughs> Watesk that Captain Darillion is having his bath and is unable to take any comms. That's just that's just a sentence right there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's having his bath. I love it. Oh my gosh. That's going to be like my excuse from now on. Sorry, I'm having a bath. Right. I'm, no, I'm having my bath. My bath. I'm having my bath. Right. Rub-a-dub-dub, Akbar in a tub. Oh my god. Hi. <laughs> <sighs> When Watesk insists that he talk to the captain, Nerol goes off on him how the captain is a very busy man and how he should report his, this show of bad manners to the captain, especially after their ties were chased around the planet. Watesk, being a coward, informs Nerol that he's ready to sign their agreement without actually talking to Captain Derillion. Of course, the wraiths have no idea what this means, but Face is able to get it out of him. In exchange for protection, Viamor 4 provide 10% of their exports, all intel regarding the Empire or the New Republic, and a sizable island of land on their planet. Most of this makes sense, except, like, why Warlord Zinge would ever want a plot of land on this planet. So the race now have a mystery to solve. Why wouldn't he want a plot of land? I mean, land is good, but <laughs> but also why? I mean, if settlers of Catan has taught me anything, it's that <laughs> land is good. It's good. Land is good. <laughs> so you're saying Warlord Zinj plays a lot of settlers of Catan? I mean, I just assume that Warlord Zinj is a you know is a bad guy, and bad guys want power, and one way to do that is to have land, isn't it? I mean, I guess he's a pirate, yeah. so maybe he doesn't care as much about it. I mean, pirates want to buy islands, don't they? N- I mean, mm, space That's... pirates mm. <laughs> want to buy space islands. Yes. Which are just planets? I guess. <laughs> yeah, isn't every planet a space island? This is too scientific for yes, me. Yes, I'm going to say yes on this, this one. This has taken a very weird turn. <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? Anyway, there's a mystery to solve. Great. Yes. We love mysteries. Yes. Come on, children. There's a mystery to solve. Warlord Jins wants to build a resort. That's yeah. That's my theory. Mm. It's his retirement home. Mm. We'll see. <laughs> 
next chapter, the Nightcaller arrives at the doldrums to meet the Borlaeus and Home One. Akbar comes aboard for a tour, and the Wedge Akbar friendship is still like the best thing about this book so far. <laughs> I should yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I'm into it. Are there, there's like there's gotta be wedge bar shippers out there, right? Like that's a thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. I'm gonna look it up after we're done. <laughs> good. I'm gonna look Agbar... it up right now. <laughs> Agbar gives Wedge the official clearance for Race Squadron. That's we nice kind of, of get him. filled in. Oh, go ahead. That's nice of him, that's all. Right. Nice <laughs> we get filled that. in on what's been going on at, with the New Republic. And so the Navy has already been finding more of the infiltration droids. They've mostly been self-destructed after they submit their data. But with the one intact one that Kel discovered, they're hoping they'll be able to figure out a way to use them by feeding them false information. They will also be researching the Empion mines, which, remember, are the like the, the ion blast things. And they hope to figure out what frequency they work on so they'll be able to shield their ships from the worst of their effects. Besides a new X-Wing, the race are being well taken care of with supplies, parts, and a command crew for the Nightcaller. Wedge's new plan is to keep going along the same route, but have the race hit the planets after the Nightcaller visits, making it look like the ship is being followed. The hope is that it'll draw out Warlord Zinge or Trigon. <laughs> Because Captain Derillion was such an egoist and had all of, like, his videos recorded for video diary's sake, they're unable to make, they are able to make a simulation overlay of him for Face to wear to act as part of Captain. It's super convincing and pretty creepy. Yeah. Good thing they brought Nectar along. Right? Good thing Face is here. <laughs> yeah. That thing like, seems like a thing that should be used more often if they have the ability to do that that right. was my yeah. exact thought when i read this like wow that's fairly advanced technology that we've never seen before <laughs> <laughs> well how many other people had you know hundreds of <clears throat> video diary entries of close-ups of their face i guess that's true take a certain kind of narcissist <laughs> to be able to we do did, we did fair. i'm pretty sure that's what tarkin was using in rogue one actually oh <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Akbar has a nice little private chat with Jasmine about how she ended up with the race after her flawless record and top marks. Every unit she was ever assigned to gave her boring work to keep her safe. Akbar is pissed because Pash gets to lead his own unit, and Jasmine <laughs> is like, "Uncle, sexism exists." It's a thing. <laughs> And for her, flying with the Wraith makes her a real pilot and gives her purpose. She's happy to be there, which is good enough for Akbar. And fun fact, Akbar's first name is Giel, G-I-A-L, G -I -A -L, which I did not know until I had to go and look it up. I'm just going to keep I'd... assuming it's Admiral. Yeah, <laughs> I just kind of thought that's what it was. Because I was going to make the discussion question, what's Akbar's first name? But then I found out on Wikipedia he actually already has one. <laughs> and it wasn't just the mystery of the Of course agent. he does. <laughs> <laughs> this, was, this was such a lovely scene for so many reasons. It was this really was my beautiful. my favorite thing I've read in this book so far. Yeah. Like, it's just really nice seeing Akbar as a family man. Yeah, mm -hmm. I loved this chapter. I really mm -hmm. did. Akbar is just, like... So good. Kiss your fingertips and like yeah. float into the air. Like amazing. He's really good. And also on top of that, like apparently Aaron Alston is aware of the fact that the Star Wars EU is super sexist. Right. And it's nice to see some awareness of that like happening in the conversation they're having. Yeah. He's like, wait a second. People don't treat her differently because she's like military royalty. It's because she's a woman. <laughs> Weird. Whoa. <laughs> Not because she's an alien, but because she's a woman. Great. Thanks, Space. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, this great. chapter is great. I hope we see more woke pilots. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope that this They're... series ends with a feminist uprising. <laughs> oh my god, yes. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Captain Chode Frackness. And because Star Wars. Lieutenant Atril Tabane lead the command crew, but Wedge is in charge of everyone and therefore gets the super grossly decorated captain's quarters. Do you think they just throw a bunch of letters into a bag and pull them out at random? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, Chode Hreknes? (laughs) Like, who ever thinks to put an H and an R next to each other in in a word? (laughs) Right? Why are they being so rude? (laughs) Crackness. Crackness. To be fair, podcasting wasn't really a thing in the 90s. Right, who knew that the... Austin had no idea that you would ever need to pronounce these words. Right. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) The pilots are having a time adjusting to their new lives. Kel is still terrified of Wiz, thinking he's going to vape him at the first chance he has. Runt has been answering all the correspondence and is learning how to better switch between minds. Phelan is obsessed with the Thai Sims, hoping to become Wedge's number one wing person of choice. And Tyria is in the X-Wing Sims all day. Or Tyria, what did people tell me? I don't care. Always studying, trying not to be the worst of the best. Let's see. One day, Kel and Fanon are trying to force Tyria to relax and let her know that she's doing great. Along comes Grinder, an expert in human psychology, and he offers to slice in and modify her scores. He rightfully gets several punches in the face for that. I was so happy about that. <laughs> yeah, that was another that... excellent moment in this chapter where she was just like, <laughs> "Yeah." He did what we all wanted to do every time. (laughs) Before Grinder and Tyria can fight it out for reals, Wedge and Wiz show up and take the two of them, the two with them. Grinder explains that he joked about doing something unethical for her that may have provoked the fight. Tyria admits that she didn't get the joke. Wedge tells Grinder the jokes need to be tailored to their audience and to watch Fanon and Face sometime. He's then dismissed with no other repercussions. Ugh. Because sexism. Right. Ugh. Also the excuse, but I was just joking. It was just a joke. Terrible Grinder. <laughs> Worst. Hate this guy. This bothin. Terry offers no excuse for her actions, and she's taken off active duty. Fanning gets to fly her X-Wing in the meantime. She's dismissed, and Wedge wants to follow the situation to to see if she apologizes by herself and get to the root of the problem. Back in her quarters, somehow, Fanning and Kel are waiting for her. (laughs) They're genuinely concerned, but Tyria thinks that they're only there because they want a banger. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why she thinks that. Oh. (laughs) They insist that it's not, and she shares with them what happened. So she was only allowed into the flight academy because they thought she would be the next Luke Skywalker with her very minimal control of the Force. When When she was still crappy at piloting, they busted her down into a remedial squad where she worked hard to raise her grades. Colonel Repness, who was in charge, offered her a deal for exceptional passing marks on her final exam if she faked a malfunction during a test run that would ultimately lead him to selling the lost X-Wing on the black market. Being not terrible, she was going to turn him in, but she gave him 24 hours, and in that time he reported her for gross insubordination, saying that she made advances on him and trash-talked his wife. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy yeah Oof. she still wanted to turn him in but that meant the truth about her crappy scores would come out and she'd be out of the academy so she stayed quiet and eventually made her way into Wraith Squadron so that is My poor girl. a there. yeah she just that's, wanted to be a pilot that's like the downside of having force sensitivity in that universe yeah, like, there's if it's not this, enough, then uh, there's all this so expectation many, that comes with yeah. it. Like, oh, yeah. oh, make that apple fly across the table if you're so special. Slice a pear in midair for me and feed me. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants that. 
no. <laughs> Somebody wants that. Force choke a youngling. Oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prove you can do it. <laughs> prove you can do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oof. Apparently that wasn't enough for Kel, and he goes on to ask about the Rangers. Taria tells them about the Antarian Rangers, an order of warriors that traditionally assisted Jedi Knights. Most of them were killed during the Jedi Purges, and the rest went underground. Taria's family was underground for decades until they were forced out by the bombings on Tapwara. By then, all of the Antarian Rangers were dead. <clears throat> Tyria considers all of the rangers dead because she doesn't intend to carry out the line. She's failed everything she's ever wanted to do, so now she's just hoping she can prove to herself that she isn't worthless. For some reason, Kel says he understands her feelings, remembering how his mother and his family had to change everything after his father died, which, in his book, is the same thing, even though it really is not at all. It's because he's like Cora and all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but how do I make this about me? <laughs> so the Rangers are interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah. And 100% contradictory to the prequels. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, I guess it could be one of those things that's like they were always just to the left of the camera. Right. Yeah. Man, those girls lived a hard life. I feel sorry for her. Yes. But she's the best of, well, she's the worst of the best. I wish I was the worst of the best. I'm just the middle of the worst. Same. <laughs> yeah. I'm in like the lower third of the worst. No, I wouldn't the, put you down there. The average of the average. <laughs> the most average. <laughs> well, this was good for everyone's egos. <laughs> Yay! I'm feeling... Everyone's just like... Hmm, I'm feeling here. great. <laughs> well, speaking of feeling great, we're in a really deprecating mood tonight. I think <laughs> this is all because of Cinnabon. <laughs> Face, now in an actual disguise, is down on the next planet, Zartan, meeting with the governor there, who is pledging his allegiance to Warlord Zinge. Face brings up that Zartan is a new me- is a member of the New Republic, and how can that not conflict with what he just pledged? Apparently, it was the current governor's predecessor that signed with the Republic, but now the facility Face is meeting at belongs to Zinj. Before Face and Cupper leave in the Nara, they make sure the wraiths are in position on the platform. Min makes his presence known, scaring the crap out of Face by training his red rifle mark on his chest. <laughs> that's that's kind of mean. And I love that I like guy. That Batman because he probably doesn't think he's being a jerk. Yeah, he's like, this Man, is a great way to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, what people else? do. Right, he's like, how else do I give away my position? <laughs> I'm going to mark him. Uh, I love this guy. He will I, not I just be know sad. He's die and I'm really upset already. Sadness is not a thing that people experience. Right? <laughs> oh, man. As they take off, Cubber explains about how he's not a pilot, and if Face wants a smoother ride, he should give him some lessons. Face asks for a modification to his R2 unit vape in exchange. As they took off, the NAR sent a coded blast for Grinder to encrypt that was a complete layout of the facility Face just toured. Grinder is able to download it with no problem, and the rest of the race are hiding in the forest and will memorize the facility until they commence their operation at nightfall. Kel is in charge due to his specific commando experience, but he's still on edge about it, and that makes Wedge worried. Yeah, while they I'd wait, be worried too. Right, like <laughs> he's had like two things where he's been marginally in charge, but. He's kind of freaked out at both of them, even though they haven't been a big deal. They were just training exercises. Also, Kel just hasn't done or said much to give me much confidence in him being able to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Nope, not yet. Well, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> you got this, Kel. We're all behind you. 
We got you. you. Got this, buddy. While they wait, the rays trick the cargo shipments coming in and out of the base. At dusk, Kel wakes up and starts going over final preparations. Grinder shows Kel that the entrance to the base has a secret security measure, something they deliberately hid from Face by distracting him with some thing amusing, which was a buff guy? I was really confused about this part. I mean, buff guys can be amusing. Yeah, but it was like, how do we distract this dude? I don't know, he's a funny buff dude over here. He gets it. I mean, that me. I mean, me too. <laughs> right, I mean, do we know anything about Face's sexual orientation? No, we do not. Alright, there you go. He's very I, funny. I Maybe he I likes funny buff face, guys. I imagine Face is pan. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, like, as long as, like, they're beautiful and funny, he's good. And buff. Yeah. And buff. And buff. It's very important. It's very important to me, so I understand. <laughs> <laughs> a code must be sent in order to make, in the, to make sure an alarm isn't set off. Thankfully, Jasmine has been recording everything the entire time and was able to pick up the code and the wavelength it was sent on. They'll be able to use that in order to get in. So, A-plus Jasmine, already MVP. Good work. Grinder is all super snarky until Kel points out that he didn't sink his chrono as ordered. After that, he gets kind of respectful, which is a shock to everybody. Like, okay, Grinder's like, here is like the tech expert, right? Because he's a, he's a boss and he yeah. does slicing and stuff. He, got his, he didn't set his clock right. <laughs> this guy's useless. <laughs> he did not set his clock right. Yep. That's such a Bothan move. It is. He did all this super complicated stuff and then was just like, what? Okay, so when we first met Grinder, I had a moment of panic where I was like, oh no, we're going to meet a Bothan who's like competent and part of the squadron. And I was like, oh, all these Bothan jokes are just like not going to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but. But a seer. I mean, a seer out... did fall. <laughs> yeah. Um. Turns out he's exactly what we would expect. <laughs> Turns out he's a boss. <laughs> I like I, I like that he is not proving us wrong. Right. Yeah. I'm very happy about it. <laughs> so glad. So relieved. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Guys, I can't understand a clock, but look, many Bothans died to bring the Death Star plans. Right. Oh my I did not do this really super first simple step of our mission, but I'm an expert human psychology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are, buddy. Probably did like psychology 101. I just want that on a business card. You're not upset with me for messing up the mission. You're upset with your mother. <laughs> oh my god. Gosh. Ooh, let's not get into that. <laughs> Min reports that all of the workers have left, so it's time for their strike, and now they are only going to be going by their numbers. It was kind of confusing. <laughs> because we don't really know who everybody is yet. I mean, I still don't know who everyone was when I was reading the last books. Right, exactly. How's it supposed <laughs> to go now? I mean, Tyria... there's a reason you remember one every episode who we are. <laughs> right, because people forget. Yeah. Terry and Wedge go first, followed by Kel and Grinder. Min will stay in position as a sniper and spotter. Wiz will stay by the doors and act as a second spotter, while Phelan disables all vehicles um, except for their getaway speeder. Piggy will be there for her support. The rest will follow as they get in, get in any, from, any information they can, and plant charges all around the base. Wedge is in awe of how Tyria can move over... Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just want everybody to know that Seth added in the show notes that Min can spot me any day. <laughs> That's the reason I put it in the notes. Yeah, so I would say it out loud. Meg is like Anger Man. She just reads the words in front of her. It's beautiful. Seth, can we can we take a second to dissect your uh, crush on this character? <laughs> like, what's going on there? Is it just because he doesn't have emotions? <laughs> or is it because he's like super tortured I mean he has yeah. emotions he really cared about his robot yeah that was basically 
Liet was when he was really upset about his robot. I was like, yeah, I, I right. love this guy. He, Eleven of his closest squad mates died in front of his eyes, but he didn't get emotional until the thing with the robot happened. Yeah. And also, I like snipers, so sue me. Don't sue me. <laughs> Man, you can spot me any day. <laughs> I regret that. No regrets. I have a few regrets. <laughs> Would now be a good time to mention how Saf feels about trilogies. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the, the chapter, right? <laughs> I mean, we have some time if you want to go into it. No, no it's, it's fine. It's fine. I've I've been through this already. <laughs> Alright. Well, as they sneak in, Wedge is in awe of how Tyria can move over terrain. The four of them make it to the bunker with no problems. Once there, Kel tries to mansplain to Grinder how he's supposed to get through the two dummy keypads to the real one. While Grinder may not be an expert in human psychology, he is their slicer and Kel can STFU. I I want a term for whenever... Slicer, or whenever Grinder uses human psychology to explain to mansplain to the other pilots, like is it just <laughs> is it just bothensplaining? Bothsplaining. 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 The worst kind of splain. No thanks. I don't want it. I don't want it. We're gonna use it. It. Absolutely. That's right, this folks. We be- just developed a new hashtag. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty Bobbins much play. what we do best here at Rogue Bad. <laughs> Obviously. The race enter, leaving Wiz behind as the door shuts them inside the facility. They go on their separate missions and discover that the that part of the facility was making things to support Zinj's Super Star Destroyer. Face wasn't shown this part of the tour, obviously because it's super secret. And it also makes it obvious that Zinj compartmentalizes his operations to keep himself safe. Grinder finds the main data center and begins to download, sending a copy to Jasmine for extra security. Wedge is guarding Kel as he places the charges on the sixth subterranean level. And everything is okay at first, but as Kel finishes, the duo is attacked by something with pincers and claws. Yikes. Yikes. I'm excited to meet a new creature. Yeah, new alien creature. Yeah. You think we are, but we're really not. Yeah, I got punked <laughs> by the raids. I did too. Yeah. Um. Fanon and Runt and Tyria are on a separate level. Runt hears something and is suddenly bowled over by what he thinks is a blob with tentacles. I got very excited at first. I thought maybe this was the secret first experience of a Rathtar. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, it's literally too. how it was described. <laughs> right, yeah. like, yeah, literally a Rathtar. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe nobody even mentioned this is where they first came in. Right? JK, we find out it was actually just a probe droid, and they were just sorely mistaken. <laughs> well, I mean, that gives me a whole host of new theories about The Force Awakens. Right? That they're probe droids? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And if you follow it down the rabbit hole, you eventually end up with the conclusion that Han Solo isn't actually dead. Uh, Han Solo is Snoke. Um, Denny, I think you should lay off the theories for a bit. (laughs) My theories are great. I'm going to agree with Denny here for once. That's right. (laughs) Who's going to lay off what now, huh? Oh gosh. Oh boy. <laughs> this is going to go to a dark place. Kel and Wedge's attacker, we find out, is an Imperial probe droid. Wedge manages to dodge, but Kel is hit. Thankfully, Wedge pulls him to some shelter before the droid melts his face off. We cut to the others, and we find out they're also being attacked by probe droids. It's a good bet their masters know that there are intruders in the facility. Kel says he can kill it with explosives, because obviously, but he will need Wedge's help to get it in position. Wedge runs around the entire level, and when he finally brings the droid to Kel, Kel jumps on it, but immediately is thrown off. Wedge is momentarily super pissed, because he thinks he has to do it all over again. 
But in that brief time, Kel managed to plant the explosive, and the droid is no more. Tyria, Rent, and Fanon managed to trap the probe droid attacking them, but not destroy it. Wedge, Kel, and Grinder arrive, and I'm so glad that they keep up with, like, the what? What? Because... <laughs> Obviously, Wedge and Kel can't hear anything being basically point-blank range for an explosion. And they keep trying to talk to them, and they keep yelling, and it's just my favorite. So good. It was just wonderful. (laughs) This entire book has been quite wonderful so far, honestly. Just delightful. (laughs) Wedge and Kel run off to finish planting the explosives while the other race evacuate. Wiz calls in and reports that there are 30 to 35 stormtroopers and two TIE fighters waiting for them outside. As a squadron approaches, Wiz shoots the commander in the face, another man in the chest, before anybody reacts. He slips into the hangar after taking out two more troopers, and the troops enter the base where Tyria and Rent are. Kel and Wedge make it out in time to spare. They come up with a plan to use another one of the speeders as a decoy to hopefully take out about half of the firepower against them. While they're distracted by the speeder, they can slip out to, in their ship and hopefully make out and hopefully take out one of the ties. That is, if they're fast enough. But of course, the plan works. And from out of the gate, the Wraith skimmer runs over one of the TIE fighters, which is an hilarious image in my mind, and I don't know how that works. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Because I know the skimmer is a much bigger vehicle, but I'm still just imagining, like, Luke's little speeder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bowling over a time. Some, some dinky little thing. I love it. Yeah. After a brief chase, they managed to tug the second tie along with and and just literally bowl it right into a tree. By this time, the troops are entering the base, and while the wraiths go and pick up Min, they, the facility lights up in explosion. Woo! Fireworks. Everything actually died. (laughs) All of them. Not the wraiths, just all the others. The rest of the book was blank pages. (laughs) (laughs) It's dark. It's dark tonight. (laughs) Yeah, we've got real dark tonight. Yeah, yeah. It must be February. I thought it was 65 degrees, Jamie. It is. The climate is wreaking havoc on the world. Oh, gosh. And apparently and on our too. Yeah. We're all victims. That's right. We just blamed climate change for the state of Rogue Padron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, oh, dear. To be clear, I'm not apologizing for the state of Rogue Padron. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one <laughs> I never apologize for this. No, 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 no. That's not what's happening here. <laughs> I feel like at best we sorry not sorry, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At best, if you're lucky. <laughs> anyway, speaking of not apologizing for things, let's talk some listener questions. Woo, woo! Uh, last time on Rogue Pod, we asked you to tell us about your Space Academy Award-winning Hollow drama. Nancy said. It would be The Emperor's Speech, a heartwarming tale of Palpatine overcoming a speech impediment to rally the Empire against the Rebellion. <laughs> oh my god. I would not watch that. Well, I would, but only if Colin Firth is playing Palpatine. Oh my god. Oh, my oh god, yes. I would watch that. <laughs> now I'm into it. And Captain Barbosa is the speech impediment speech coach. He's just the whole speech impediment. (laughs) (laughs) Not the speech speech coach. The speech impediment is its own character. (laughs) It's a real film. Oh my god. Hmm. I love it. (laughs) Raising Fangirl said mine would be Fifty Shades of Rogue Squadron. Ooh. That's about the most pondered answer you could have given. (laughs) I know, and I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw that answer, I thought it said Rogue Padron at first, and I was like, oh, that's fun and interesting and (laughs) different. (laughs) It is not where this pattern is going. (laughs) Mika said Django Unchained. (laughs) A bunch of retired clones venture out to seek revenge on the evil Jedi who enslaved them and murdered their father. The holodrama serves as an awkward sibling sitcom complete with stereotypical twin pranks. 
a classic action show, and as a Don Quixote-style chase after misleading clues such as the Jedi are all but extinct. The show's budget is ex- incredibly low, as all recurring characters are played by the same actor, creating stellar cast synergy. And I will also note that Mika made a really great Legends reference with the title because he spelled Django with two A's. <laughs> That's Perfect. so good. Really, Perfection. really, really good. Yeah, that was well thought out. <laughs> that was, yeah. I, like, they, they already had it ready. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Brian said, The Little Bantha Cub, a dramatic tale of a girl on her own and her best friend, a cute little bantha. Fun fact, the performance earned Jin Chana the award for best lead actress in a major motion hollow picture. Oh my god. It's a shout out to another podcast I'm on. Oh. It's from, um, of Dyson Droids. The character I play in there is called Jin Chana, and she's an actress. Brian is playing to the audience here, hoping for a glistening Bodhi, I think. To be fair, I would that or he's like he's trying to slip some product placement into our podcast without <laughs> us noticing. Yeah. He spelled Jin's name wrong. Disappointing. Oh, Brian. <laughs> oh, just Brian. There goes your glistening Bodhi. <laughs> Jay said he would call his a galaxy without Bothans, and this oh holodrama is intended to showcase Bothan contributions. Ends up being a popular "What If" film. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that. That's really funny. <laughs> That's really good. News of the Galaxy said my space movie thing would be about Yoda's teenage years when he was in the hood. When he played basketball, they called him Broda. <laughs> Oh my god. No. <laughs> what up, Broda? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Oh, jeez. Sil said, Teammates pe- Teen meets pale boy at school. Edward Cullen spends his time brooding. He's an asnat, desperate to drink her brains. God. Sounds vaguely familiar. The I love it. Plot there. Zero said his would be about a lowly hutlet who beats all odds and opens up his own club. Mm. A little self-serving there, Zero. Yeah. <laughs> well, surprise. Not that we've come to expect any less from you. <laughs> just a little bit. Spitfire said, "Do you mean steal the plot of an award-winning movie, or am I just that good that my hollow film would just win an award? Because mine is about." A farm boy, a scoundrel, and a revolutionary princess defeating an evil empire's overpowered pew-pew death machine. Mostly kind of only a little bit vaguely inspired by based on a true story. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I would pay $20 to go see that in the theaters. Yeah, Yeah. probably. I'd, I'd probably go see it. Um, Ian Miller said, it's about a young Bothan defying stereotypes and saving the galaxy. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> Too unrealistic. Um, Jesus. Too It'll unrealistic. be on HBO at some point. The studio would never make it. <laughs> Too we'll much suspension of disbelief there. I'll watch Just it when p- it comes to like ABC Family. <laughs> That's free freeform to you, Meg. What? They renamed ABC Family to Freeform. What? what? Come on, stay current. <laughs> like. <laughs> Years, like, ago. years ago, this was it? this was literally years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> ABC Family has not existed for years. For a while, they <laughs> called it for like five years. For a while, they called it Freeform, formerly known as ABC Family, but by now they kind of figured everyone had caught on, and so they've stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Jeez! Oh, I just ABC pictured. <laughs> I just pictured Meg at Christmas time, like in front of the TV, just like cycling through all the channels. Like, I can't find the 25 days of Christmas. (laughs) Where did it go? Where is ABC Family? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, that's really funny. Uh, Last answer. Nick said, four people meet in X-Wing school only to eventually flunk out and become podcasters about their colleagues' adventures. Oh, my God. And I think that's us. (laughs) Oh. Well, we did yeah, get kicked out. We, we would, we would all flunk out of X-Wing school. Yeah, let's be let, real. Let's be real. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what happened. We're all middle, I, middle of the average, right? 
Well, I feel like we I feel like we'd all flunk out for insubordination. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what they say. Uh, bef- what do they say? Dan? What do they say? <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna ignore it but keep going, but now I'm curious. <laughs> uh, the, the best kind of ordination is insubordination. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's what they say, Heath. Okay. <laughs> Who's they? They say M- it. Many, many people are saying. <laughs> many boffins. Many boffins say. Uh. Anyway, before I ask for nominations for Glistening Bodies, I'm going to give an automatic Glistening Bodie to Spitfire because she drew us all as Funko Pops and that was amazing and we retweeted it so you should go look at it oh my god it was so cute that was just the greatest surprise to wake up to it was so good pretty <laughs> just the first ever fan art of me so oh it's so cute and Ray Dog and Elliot were in there too they were yeah our pets and all it was beautiful we need to get Meg and Saf animal companions ASAP okay like who who would be your astromech sure. droids like a robot or an animal? Meg would have an Ewok, let's be honest about yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> like a robot? Or... <laughs> and I guess Saf just answered the Saf question too. Have a robot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. Done. Did you get her one of those robot dogs? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, so good, so good. Um, so yes, thank you for that, um, Spitfire. Absolutely amazing. Any other glistening Bodie nominations? Jay. Jay. Yeah, Jay's was good. Oh. <laughs> I'd like gonna... to give a slightly smaller one to Mika. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mika definitely deserves a slightly smaller one. Of, of all the answers, it's the most well thought out and plausible pitch. Yeah. He, Actually, yeah. Mika sure. gave us a full elevator pitch, and I like it. Yeah. That's good. Cool. So, congrats, Jay and Mika and Spitfire. This yay, week's question... Wait, did I just cut someone off? No, I was just saying yay. Oh, yes. Yay, 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 yay. Um, which distant Akbar relative are <laughs> you hoping agrees to with you, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm not being insubordinate, Danny. <laughs> That's too bad, because you know what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Should we put that on a button? <laughs> they say the best kind of ordination is <laughs> <laughs> on a button. <laughs> My God! <laughs> I would put that on a bumper sticker just to confuse the heck out of anybody driving behind me. Especially if it ends okay. up like hashtag eggplant emoji. <laughs> right? They'd be like, "What does this even yeah. mean? <laughs> is this? What is this?" The equality campaign has gone too far. <laughs> I, I love that we're already like the most niche podcast, but then we just like up it by a factor of 10 with all the inside jokes. Like anyone who would tune into a random episode would have no clue what's going on. It would be gross. Make yeah. it more obscure. <sighs> this week's question. <laughs> what distant Akbar relative are you hoping to meet in a future X-Wing book? Oh my gosh. His long-lost twin sister. But she's been dead for 15 years. It's my long-lost twin sister, Madmiral Akbar. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. How dare you? (laughs) They call her Maddie for short? Well, yeah. (laughs) Does a surprise... Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I just love some trashy soap opera twists, so... Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Speaking of trashy soap opera twists, does a surprise estranged ex-wife count? Oh, yeah. Yes. So yes. That and is mine. I also wanted a surprise estranged ex-boyfriend Corin, Corin to oh. show up. Oh. Yeah. Because that's some tension there because into of the, the fight between the Corins and the Moncal. <clears throat> yeah, I was gonna Are go to too and be like an, an estranged 
child from a <laughs> former marriage that's like half Mon Cal, half Twi'lek or something like that. Oh my gosh! And that part Akbar... doesn't even know until the kid shows up. Oh my god. Akbar's lived a life. <laughs> you, you have your father's barbels, but you definitely have your mother's leku. <laughs> Oh my god. I can't tell if that would be really cute or scary. Probably really cute. Yeah. Probably hecka cute. Oh my god, so cute. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Unless, like, <laughs> he's still, like, a red mount of calamari, but just with blue leku. Oh, cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's where Admiral Radish came from. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Like, Could oh, be. you've got your father's deep, gruff voice, but definitely your mother's skin tone. <laughs> this got real weird real fast. <laughs> Danny! <laughs> Which family member do you want to say? Oh. um, Great, great grandpa Akbar. Oh. Yeah. Who, like, just stays at home with his long... <laughs> Like stroking his long beard, but like occasionally dispenses like really deep pearls of maritime wisdom. <laughs> deep pearls. <of> maritime. <laughs> like all the all the sayings that Akbar says are from great great grandpa Akbar. Well, obviously, this is so good. I want all of these family members to come at once, and it just ends <laughs> oh, up no. Akbar family reunion. <laughs> are they just like? They're on one space shuttle, but nobody knows that they all know Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> so they all, like, become friends. And they're all, like, complaining about, like, oh, yeah, my ex-boyfriend, my ex-husband, my estranged grandson. And, like, nobody knows it's the same person. Because no one actually knows his first name is GL. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> they all just call him nicknames the whole time. <laughs> Nice. Old Aki. Oh, this so bad. So bad. Alright, listeners. Now it's your turn to answer this question and tell us which relative you want to see. You can hit us up on Twitter at RoguePodron. You can also find us on our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. You can email us, roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. And you can subscribe to us and leave us a review via the Farfarway Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner, or Google Play. Right. So, next time, join us for X-Wing Wraith Squadron, chapter 17 through 20. And with that, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue 3 signing off. <laughs> I have qualifications. Maybe. I have qualifications. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I have qualifications. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were just putting the emphasis on different parts of the word. Is that not what we were doing? <laughs> no, I referred no. to koalas. <laughs> oh. You tried, Danny, and that's all better. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging that. Can you tell Heath? Yep. Um, what are we telling no. Heath? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you guys? Is there a secret I don't know about? I don't think so. No, I just wanted Saf to tell you that I try, and that's what actually matters. Oh, is it? Is it though? Hey, you're on your own there. I can't help. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is getting getting real this entire episode has been us doing that I think yeah yeah. getting right. real sad I'm gonna go Yo. sleep in my own bed yes do that <laughs> I'm very excited hey, about it laughing because <laughs> I'm watching <laughs> what are you laughing about I've never heard Danny laugh that hard. <laughs> it, must, it must be really good, whatever's <laughs> happening. Uh. Yes, Danny, would you like to share with the class? <laughs> yeah, I'm sharing right now. Oh. Why oh, God, how do I get it? Like a link?
Oh, I have to copy and paste the link. Damn, why did you why did you put a thing at the beginning of the link? God. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> there. Oh, the, oh, I just watched this thing. It's disgusting. <laughs> like literally made me feel ill. Oh my god. No, this is so, so bad. No. But it's a watermelon pizza, and Heath, you love pizza. Mm. I do. That's not a pizza. <laughs> <laughs>